This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. Dot com slash yanks. Today is December 22nd. We've got a fun episode. Some Glaber noise. Sweeney Murdy stopped by. Let's do it and talk. Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. Recaps galore. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, brought to you by SeatGeek. Use code YANKS for $20 off your first order at SeatGeek, the app, or... Intro's still going pretty hard. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I thought we were just... Intro ended. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, brought to you by SeatGeek. Code YANKS gets you $20 off your first order. Order SeatGeek, the website, the app. They will get you the best tickets, the best bang for your buck, and then $20 off that bang. So thanks to SeatGeek. Jake, how are you doing today? Merry Christmas coming up. Happy Hanukkah. We're in the middle of it. I think it's, well, I don't know what day it is. Come this. I know what day it is today. Third night is tonight. Yeah, I knew that because I lit the second candle at my brother-in-law's house yesterday. But by the time we're here, I guess it's the fifth night. Oh, snap. That was lit. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing well. We both we both look cute. BBD. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you with the Santa hat. And just me when I'm just in a t-shirt, I kind of look more like a little kid. I don't know what that's about. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. I'm doing well. I- I'm doing well. Excited for the people to hear from Sweeney. It was nice when he stopped by the office. I'm not a big part of that. I had a dentist appointment. Hate that. How'd that go? Your teeth came? It went all right. It was a good, yeah. It's the more and more. I mean, some of the real talking Yanks fans will remember when I was in Denver. I thought I had a total botch job, but I didn't know because I hadn't been to the dentist in like a decade. Uh, and yeah, my dentist time was actually pretty nice when I went the other day. So yeah, that's yeah, nice. How are you? Good for you. I'm good. I'm doing well. Yeah, I we sat down with Sweeney Murdy. From yes. the fan, uh, it was a nice chat. That's Sweeney gonna be, Dirty Murdy. It's going to be him. coming up what after this. It? We talked a lot about like old school WFAN because I was a WFAN rat. We talked uh, current rumors, current state of the team, spending. One thing that was hot when we did this was people were just like throwing Glaber trades out there for relievers. People were saying like it was just all over the place. It's kind of dulled down. I mean, Yankee land right as we record this is very, very quiet. I guess the one thing, yeah, there's a little bit of Glaber, and I bet we haven't talked since Benny signed with the White Sox, right? Like that was still kind of on the table, but now yeah, it's they off didn't the want to do. I mean, the AAV is not that bad for like, it's like an average player, but five years, the Yankees just didn't want to go five years. Yeah. Uh, Jack Curry tweeted about Conforto, which now means Conforto is very likely, mm. yeah, on a one year prove it deal. So that was the first of that and it seems like Reynolds isn't going to happen people are I don't think people are going to pay the price you think the some of the latest him, I can't news. get over is like pirates really don't have to trade him right now yeah they can wait to the middle of the year and they uh so it's it and then with um the twins moves it seemed like now the pie chart in my brain has switched to kind of Kepler Conforto but that's just putting a lot of stock in Jack Curry's tweet, which I I do. Yeah, I didn't see the, the Curry tweet. I'm looking for that now. He said, make makes sense for both parties. Conforto on a one-year deal, looking to prove it in the new year that he can play in New York and then get another one or something like that. There it is. Um Yeah, uh we uh or yeah, it's a it's a quote from Curry. Conforto makes sense for both sides, one to two years. Um so yeah, I wonder if that was on hot stove or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think my left field episode, I, it makes sense to me if, if you're taking a flyer on it and it clicks, like 
that can make sense. If you take a flyer on it and it doesn't click, that's where Oswaldo would be your backup. Um, yeah, and then I, I don't know. I'm interested to see if Conforto's got a real thing going on because I guess his name's becoming hot in the streets. I, I've heard big Cubs stuff around him, so I guess apparently people are interested, and, and we'll see what that means for the Yanks. But, yeah, I, Ben and Tendi, we were still kind of putting that in play. I think the more we talked through the left field episode, we got closer to Benny than we thought. We kind of had... F- we were hot on Benny. We faded Benny, and then we... I saw the contract. I was like, five years. I didn't think it was... They weren't going five. No. They weren't going five. So, uh, that is what it is, and it... You know, Benny was nice. I, I don't know. We wouldn't have been slamming the table saying World Series, World Series, but I, I don't know if there's a World Series option that we would do that, unless it was probably Brian Reynolds, and we'd freak out a little bit. But, um, yeah. I, I like... Know. I like... Yeah, because even when Kepler was starting to become a thing, which I don't think helps them. They need someone they can hit for average and play really good defense. And, like, I don't know. He just more of the same at the bottom of the order there. But I think they don't want to lock themselves into something in left field. So Conforto gives them a one-year Short deal, term. which means if he's not the best option, they can make a move at the deadline. They can call someone up. They, there's so much flexibility. Same with Kepler. If they trade for Kepler, it'd be a one-year deal. So he's they, they're looking for someone to start the year in left field, yeah, and not necessarily be tied to them forever. So I don't know. And then the trading Glaber front, he was like a top second baseman. I thought they were going to trade him, but at this point, I still don't think you trade him before the season with the uncertainty of DJ. You don't. You want. And this is what we talk about. You want one rookie. Right. starting and leaning on heavily or one position where like rookies are going to be here. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, closing off on Kepler, interesting baseball savant and some of the defense and speed stuff is kind of, is in a really good spot. It's He's better the exact than what you'd expect Kepler. Cashman would have want, wanted before he stopped doing all of that. Hits the ball hard for no average. Right, um, but with the shift gone, he's supposed to be one of the bigger shift benefits. So we'll see. I I don't know. Yeah, Yankees Twitter is kind of up in arms about Kepler. He's a guy that if he comes over here, you're going to be able to talk yourself into it. Uh, and if he doesn't, it also doesn't hurt you. Reminds uh, me too much of Gallo, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a a pretty different track record to Gallo for the most part. Um, I don't think he's as strikeout. Um, but I think the, the batting average has been been low the past couple years. So, you know, I don't know how much of that is shift, how much of that is him. But, yeah. Um, Glaber, yeah, this this one I, I keep flipping, flopping on. Because coming off the trade deadline, where we know they tried to trade him, and then he was awful, and then he was really good at the end of the year. And then the playoffs came, and he also wasn't great again. And with those young middle infielders, it, it felt like he was the move because he was a guy that still, he you know, <laughs> the joke over the past couple years between Andujar and Jackson Frazier and guys like that is uh, Yankee fans trading guys without too much of value. Glaber Torres has some value. Um, I I need I need news on DJ. Like if if DJ is going to be ready to roll for spring training and we're going to lean on potentially Peraza and Volpe, then I can talk myself into it with DJ and uh, JD. Hello, that's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, if, if DJ's out, then, then you're trading Glaber Torres and you're going to have to make another middle infield move or you're relying on two rookies for the whole season, which just doesn't feel like the Yankees. So it feels like Glaber's going to be back. If you take away August, I think he had, I mean, if you butter knife August out when he had the post trade blues, I think Glaber's numbers are incredible. Right. And he had a really slow start to the season, too. That was the number I kept busting out. I think after those first three weeks of April, he was incredible. Yeah, it's like his first 15 games or so. Baby D, you once explained this to me. On baseball reference for the splits, what's S-O-P-S plus and what's T-O-P-S plus? Oh, I always have to be, like, looking at it to... T is the first it. one. So... Like T O P S. One is like so that's relative to what he does. T is for him. Mm. Uh, one yeah, is rather rel- than his usual. So like his overall stats. And then the other is for split. the other is for the league or for split. He, uh, that the league's split. So like versus righties, it's like the league against righties. 
is S or is that T? That would be S. Okay, so OPS is on base percentage. On pace percentage plus slugging percentage is OPS. And then any stat that has plus on it means 100 is average. And then it's how many percentages below average or above average you are. So in the month of August, he was 31 OPS plus. That means he was 60, 70% worse worse than your average player. Every other month, he was above average. Yeah. In September, October, he was 72% better than the average. And then the other three months, he was 20%. I mean, a really good year besides August. I've got, I've got and one And trading more, players doesn't work. I've got one more Glaber fun fact. Yeah. So, you know, it, Yankees like to rest guys and stuff happens during the season. Glaber had nine games at DH last year. Sure. Stuff happens. One for 33 when he was DHing. DHing is really hard. So you take out the DH numbers at second base. Glaber Torres was an 809 OPS. Under 23 games. So don't DH Glaber. Easy. We got Stan for that. Hey, uh, left field. People are saying, you got Stan. Stan and Oswaldo. But, like, that's not going to happen. I mean, Stan. DH. I really like Stan. I saw some people on, like, Yankees Reddit and... People saying, like, I just want to try Stanton. I thought I was like, whoa. I mean, the over-under on Stanton playing left field at Yankee Stadium, the rest of his career is probably... 20 games. I was going to say 10. Game started or games? Game started. I mean, either way. Game started, I'll put it at uh, 12. Rest of his career. He's got a lot of time. Yeah, at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Regular season or postseason? Regular season. Okay. Got 12. All right, we're going to throw it to uh, a fun conversation I had with Sweeney Murdy, Dirty Sweeney Murdy. 30, Murdy 30. All those dirty jokes he was making that you While were you were at about? the dentist yeah. and this episode, this interview. Well, interview. I haven't heard this yet. Not really an interview, it's just kind of like a conversation Talk. we had. It was actually very fun. It's Brought dirty. to you by Manscaped. Yeah. Because we were both clean shaven the whole time. And we uh, spelled like preserve body wash from Manscaped. 2023 is on its way. Last thing you want to be is the guy with pubes getting in your way of making it to your best mm. yet. The Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is a leader of the performance package, or as we call it, the perfect package for Jake's package. Mm. So be clean, smell good. And keep your things moisturized. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Yanks at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Yanks. Happy New Year to your balls. Merry Christmas. I have so many questions about, not so many, but about like just you. You've okay. covering the Yankees forever. Sure. And yeah. then I have some topical Yankees questions just to pick okay. your brain about. Okay. But you've been covering the Yankees. For how long now? 20, 22 years. 22 years? Yeah, going on 23. And your, yep. fir- your first year was 90... 2001. Oh, 2001? Yep. But you've been with the fans since the 90s. Since, yes. I like, started at FAN in 93. Okay. Um, and I worked my way up. I was a producer. I was uh, uh, Then I was an update guy. And I moved my way up. And then 2001 was the first... Like, Susan Waldman had moved to a different role because she's the one who started just covering the team for the station. And she moved to a different role at our station... And then I jumped on that on the Yankees beat. She did. She went to yes, and then she came back to the radio for the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I stayed on the beat, and her and I talk on the post game show every night. And I one of the thing things that I say is like one of the one of my favorite things is that in the history of WFAN 1987 to now, two people have covered the Yankees, and you listen to them every night after the game. That is wild. Yeah. I mean, her, I, I love Susan's story. I, we're trying to chat with her, but that's funny that Yes Network being created led to you covering the Yankees because they scooped her up. Is that the same um, timing? It was 2002 when she right, went? Right, a little bit right after that. I think, she, I think she saw that was happening, but she moved to a talk show. She actually did a talk show with Jody McDonald oh. um, in middays, and she did both the Yankees at night and then the talk show during the day for about half a year. And then the next season, they uh, they split it up, and I I still remember I went into uh, Mark Chernoff's office in the summer of two thousand and had like a couple of things I wanted to ask him about, and one of them was the Yankees, and he um, you know from that point like he didn't even know I was interested, but I, I put it in his head, and you know here I am. When you're doing the updates, 
Are you just trying to talk as fast as you can, like the Mink Man? Because sometimes I try to do Mink Man when we read ads. And yeah. uh, we used to, BBD used to time me and see how quick I could go. And I would say, take that, Mink Man. I've here's a beat. real, here's a, here's a key. If you want to really do this, okay? The key is in the writing, like Mink Man, leave out the verbs, okay? Just okay. Take out, take out verbs and just, you know, you say, Yankees, Royals, Stadium, tonight. <sighs> Garrett Cole, Aaron Judd, you just boom and you know. I like okay, great. Take trick. out verbs. I hope our sales team is listening. <laughs> They're out. You know, we'll just say the names only. That's yeah. awesome. But you grew up. So you grew up a Phillies fan. I did. And yeah, doing radio for baseball, right? Like yeah. as a kid, you were that was what you were for middle school or high school. I think yeah. I read. Uh huh. My middle school. Uh, I mean, we call it junior high back then. Um, yeah. It was seventh grade through twelfth. There's a radio station in Middletown, Pennsylvania, run by students in 7th grade through 12th. It's still going, still cranking out. Uh, WMSS in Middletown is run by the students who attend the school. And it's, you know, it's music, it's news, um, and it's sports. And we were broadcasting sports. And the guy who kind of took me in under his wing is John Wilsbach, who actually runs the radio station now and has oversees that. He, he graduated um, you know, from there, came up there, is a local in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He's uh, like one of the local, like the preeminent traffic reporter uh, for all the radio stations there. And he now runs the school's radio station. Uh, he brought me along. He's a few years older than me. And he kind of brought me along, kind of taught me how to put together sports reports and broadcast games. And we broadcast games together. Still one of my closest friends. And uh, we, um, you know, he kind of groomed me for this. And I just remember, it's funny because I, I was at a career day uh, earlier and um, earlier today, and it was for middle school students up in Brewster. And I was telling them, like, when I knew what I wanted to do, when I decided what I want to do, I was your age and I was doing it. That's awesome. And I just, I, I met, there was a recognition at that point where I'm a baseball fan and I like talking on the radio. And all of a sudden, I listen to Phillies games every night. I'm thinking, oh, wait, those guys have a real job. Yeah. That's a real That's job. That's a real thing. Yeah. That's so cool. I wish Jake was here. He's at the dentist. He uh, he called in high school. He was the play-by-play -play for the high school team. Yeah. And he said, like, his biggest audience were the the moms. And yes. he just would, like, corny joke. And God like, forbid you he, pronounce some you know some little boy's name wrong. Yeah. So your mom's going to hear about it. I did PA it. for my brother's uh, Little League. Yeah. yeah, so I would be up in the booth, uh, you know, his little, like, wooden, like, box yep. on stilts. Yep. And I would say, now batting for New Canaan... Ari Berger. I hope he's listening. Ari, yeah. I've never uh -huh. met him, but he we, they played against him a lot. But I would go to the teams before the tournament. I would find every coach and say, I got this right. I got this right. And they were like, wow, no one does this. And they don't even do that at the pro level sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's probably a lesson I should have learned. And I think I did at some point um, do that. But occasionally a name slips by you. I mean, I was like 15, 16 years old doing it for like uh, peewee football. Yeah. And, you know, you Mom would come running up to the booth. Uh, you didn't say that kid's name, or 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 they switch uniform numbers from the program yeah, yeah, that I was given, and it's like, oh no, that's not Johnny, yeah, that's Jimmy, that's and it's funny. like, oh man. Now they, I saw the was it the White Sox? Some team had all their players say oh. in, in their website the mm -hmm. pronunciation guide. They had their players say. Only problem was horrible audio; you couldn't hear it. But they, they, a, a lot of teams do that now, like just on like on for the media sites for the teams. They yeah. give you like real pronunciations of guys. Yeah. Smart, because we get them wrong all the time on uh, when we do talking baseball and have to cover all. And it's like, well, there's 40 guys on every team, yep. and I got no idea. How to, I, yeah. I've never heard it. I've just read it. I, I apologize, but people do get really upset. When you're mispronouncing Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you it's know, a real deal. I mean, you'd love it to be just the way it, just the way it looks. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Was play-by-play uh, -play the is, was, dream, like, to do that? Or was it, was it like, sports talk radio? See, or? it's funny, because sports talk radio, when I, was, when I was doing this when I was growing up, didn't exist yeah. the way it does now. Yeah. Like, sports talk radio in central Pennsylvania in the mid-1980s is a one or two hour show at six o'clock at yes. night after the news. And as people are going home and like before whatever game or other syndicated or whatever programs you have at night before Larry King and all that other stuff yeah. that's on the radio, right? Picture the radio, like the newspaper, there was a sports section. Yes. It wasn't a sports newspaper. Exactly right. Um, unbeknownst to me when I was a junior in high school, the, WFA in New yeah. York kicked off. I didn't know anything about it. Listen, I don't recommend this as a job strategy. Okay. I really don't. <laughs> but when I applied for my internship at WFAN, I was a junior in college. I knew nothing about the radio station except that they broadcast Mets games and that according to the 
book that their listing was in, they were an all sports radio station. I'd never heard it. I didn't know who Don Imus was. I didn't know who Mike and the Mad Dog were. I didn't, dude, I walked into the building for my first day of my internship, which I got, despite not knowing anything about the radio station. And during a break in their show, Mike and the Mad Dog came out and I went, that's Mike Francesa. I watch him on college football and basketball. And C- oh, that's College so basketball, funny. CBS. I didn't know, like, you work here? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. And that's I, so funny. So, again, not a recommended job strategy, but, yeah, sports radio became a thing. Fortunately for me, just as I was getting through high school and college and really cementing um, what I wanted to do. Now, play-by-play was a path, but all of a sudden this whole, whole other thing was there. I got my foot in the door and said, let's just see where this goes. I grew up a fan junkie. Like, well, when I lived in the East Coast, and really from 2003 to 2005, like two years I did, and that was the height of the Red Sox stuff, and that was awesome. But then I in college, the end of college, uh, 2009 through 2014, Mm -hmm. because I moved to California after that, but I was driving delivery, and I was just, I mean, I only listened to the fan all, all the time. So I always remember you coming on. I was being the Yankee guy, and there's certain like memories I have yeah. of that just stick with me that I I always kind of associate with you. And what do you got? One was Francesa saying that Jeter was trying to get you to be his co-host. Like Jeter was pitching you to Mike to replace him. Mad Dog, and that's awesome for you. you know, <laughs> like you know, tap Jeter, dude. That's pretty. Big name. You know what happened was that I, I got along very well with, with Derek. Um, what happened was 2008, uh, Chris Russo leaves and Mike's, you know, on his own. It's also the last year of Yankee Stadium. So yeah. everyone's coming out to the stadium to in September to do all these things. And Russo had just left. Mike and I are on the field uh, just as it's around batting practice. And, and Derek is, is warming up probably with Cano or somebody else who's throwing the ball. And he sees me and Mike standing you know, over on the side there. And, uh, you know, he acknowledges Mike and I mean, he sees me all the time. He doesn't acknowledge me. Right. But uh, he acknowledges Mike and they start kind of chatting and Derek yells over. He says, Hey, I got your new partner for you. And Mike's like, Oh yeah. Who? He points like I'm standing right next to Mike. He like points and he says, and Mike kind of makes a joke about it. And like, uh, and he kind of talks to Derek playfully about maybe, maybe he wants the job. And Derek's like, no, you couldn't afford me, you know? (laughs) Um, but that was, but he was being serious. And I know that because like, I think in the clubhouse he had mentioned something about once too. He like he seriously was genuine when he told Mike it was kind of offhand it was a joke and I probably was never going to get the job. Yeah. But he was serious in saying that I should have been Mike's partner. That's cool. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a nice endorsement to have. Yeah, not well. It didn't get me the job. Think about it. I had Derek Jeter's endorsement and did not get the I job. I think there was only one person that could have sat beside uh Francesa and lasted. And I mean, even that was no one wanted he didn't want to be there. They didn't like each other. So you paid to uh, debate. But on that note, I listen to old Mike and the Mad Dog sometimes. Okay. And like they post the YouTubes. Like when they interviewed Steinbrenner yeah. in uh ninety three. Ninety, I think. Ninety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the more amazing interviews i'm gonna kind of uh jam two thoughts here together in a way you have podcasts now i'm interested to hear your thoughts on just like this industry kind of coming in and 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 Mm -hmm. alongside yours but also people think there's hot takes now because of twitter and like twitter is mean and it is and there are but it's anonymous people what mike and the mad dog were saying on the radio back in the early 90s was what we get upset about anonymous people saying on Twitter now. In a way, like they were hot. I listened, it, but to, it disappeared into the into the air. Yeah, because it never was again. You couldn't record it. You couldn't yeah. capture it. You would have to put like your VH uh, tape recorder in. Yeah, yeah. So they were saying, like, if you go to man, when Jeffrey uh, Mayer, yeah, yeah, I uh-huh. listened to that one recently. Yep. Oh my god! If you oh, they torched him. Anyone and- that's listening hasn't listened to the first. Like 10 minutes of the Mike of the Mad Dog after Jeffrey Mayer uh, stole the ball in that playoff game. It's Wild. I bring it up. I, I know adult Jeff Mayer, and yeah. I, I brought it up to him a few times. Like he's well aware of it. Uh, it. But you're right. It's like it it was it was different. I don't think I don't think it's I don't think people say anything or do anything differently than they used to. It's just it's all permanent. We make people react to it. Like we force people to react to it by by posting and saying, "Look what this person said." Yeah, and. 
they were saying the same yeah. thing. And, if it's and just, it's just talk, like even like sometimes for us, I'm like, oh shit, someone's going to clip that. And yeah. then it's going to be taken. Like, I really like, this is going to be like etched on my tombstone. Like I really yeah. believe. And it's just talk. And because they didn't have, no one was doing that to them. They were just talking. Go, and yeah. it's, it's really funny. It is. And like the Jeffrey one, there's a moment where they laugh because yeah. they're screaming at each yes. other. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. And he's like, hey, this kid should be locked up. <laughs> and there's a moment where they both laugh yeah. and it, it kind of makes the whole thing nice because they're like, okay. I'll tell you what, it was fun to be because I used to, at that around that time, I was producing the evening shows. Like, so I would produce all the shows that were on right after them. Sometimes it was Howie Rose, it was Ed Coleman, Susan Waldman, Bill Daughtry, Ian Eagle, um, or, or a game broadcast, whatever it was. So I would always be like in the newsroom by around three o'clock in the afternoon and throughout there. So it was awesome kind of watching that take place in the studio, listening to it, watching them interact with each other and then walk out during a break. And like, like sometimes they, like, like you said, they'd be laughing about it. Sometimes it'd be like when they were arguing at each other, that would kind of just kind of spill out. Like you're like, they need to walk out of the room to take a break. <laughs> they were actually <laughs> literally mad at each other for, no, you said this. And I said that it's just sports guys. You're just arguing about sports, but it was real. And passion. I mean, I, uh, I mean, it was some of the best bad radio and, and good radio. I mean that. Like, I loved the Super Bowl trivia shows, and that yeah. was so, so yeah. I couldn't imagine. And you couldn't do that as a podcast. I, like, you know, that's I've radio always only. wanted to. I, I've pitched this idea to somebody that works with Chris. And, you know, to me, like, Chris always gets so incensed that people don't know the answers to the questions he has the answers yeah. in front of him to, right? Yeah. I want to say, like, I want to turn the question. I want to turn it around. I want, I want to ask Chris four questions. Yeah. Of my choosing. And if he can't answer them correctly, he doesn't get to go to the Super Bowl. That's good. You know, That'd be like, good. They, like, without the almanac. Yeah. Without, I love right. that. Yeah. 10 seconds. Give yeah, it to me. Yeah. How do you not know this? Yes. And they also would ask the same questions like five times. Like you would get a question that's been asked yeah. like, in that hour. And mm -hmm. they'd be like, you're not listening. And then Listen, out. the big key. And I mean, is, people who do this, you, you probably know, but. Don't call on the first day, bro. Yeah. Like you're getting all new questions. You never like, and you haven't heard any, like you're not. And if they don't give away one on the first day, they probably have to give away two on Tuesday to yeah. kind of make up. So you're going to yeah. get a better if chance. If we have anyone that has no idea, like, do you know what we're talking about? Do you listen? So I, in 2010 or 11, they, they would do this trivia and they would, you have to get three questions, right? And you get a Super Bowl or ticket or yeah. five or whatever it was. But the first one and two were just repeats and people yeah. had gotten them. So it was like level one, but yeah. everyone's passed this. Mm -hmm. So you should just have it committed to memory. And one time they had a quote like, well, who said this after the Super Bowl? And it was a player on the field and no one got it for like two days. Yeah. And it became a, you remember that? It became a Twitter existed. So it became a but and Twitter couldn't figure it out. Yeah. It was so random. It was a Packers lineman who said like just a mundane sentence well, people were doing the message boards before, like, be, yeah. before Twitter, the message boards were filled with, this is the answer to, and that's what they stopped doing. You hear them say, give me audio number 47. Well, somebody posted on the message board number 47, so oh, they stopped announcing that. Yeah. Say, you know, so they would stop telling people but it was. I just remember was. being like, it was like, you know, when people get locked in on, uh, like, American Idol back in yeah. 2001. It was like, if you listen to the fan, you were like, I can't stop listening because I need to know who the hell that quote is. Yeah. And it would just went on for two days. So you, then you listen to the same thing for like two days straight. The other part of that, which is kind of funny, is like 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 Chris's mind moves so fast and his energy, like sometimes, sometimes he'll miss a word, which is really important because the guy who meticulously put the questions together would write, who is the first player to blah, 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 blah. And Chris would just read it. Who's the only player? Mm. And as that, whoa, then you give the wrong answer. It's like, hey, whoa, That's so man. different. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, it, it, but it was fun. They they did a really good, and once they brought Yes on board, it became a video thing with Chris dressing as the marquee instead of just, you know, being an audio thing. It's, yeah. It, it, it added to it. When we, we moved to California in 2005 through 2000, and I lived in 2009, and we bought Yes Network, and that was what was on in my house. Mm -hmm. So that was my mom's connection to the East Coast to stay tuned with even like the accents, the callers. Like yeah. when you're not in the Northeast and you're not surrounded by that energy, it was, my mom loved it. She's from the Bronx. She's from New Jersey. Like yeah. she, and it was, so I, it was, it was like my connection to the East Coast, even though I, we were living in California. So we yeah. loved it. And then, 
everything's slower everywhere else, right? Oh, it's just so fast yeah. and and they're so rude to the callers <laughs> and there's something innately northeast. No, but you know what? Mike explained this one yeah, time and I and I liked I his explanation. explanation. I loved it too. Right. Yeah. It's like you're coming into the ring, right? Yeah. Like you're you're because he said, "Why why do you hate the audience?" Somebody said, he says, "No, no, I adore the audience." Yeah. But if you're calling in to be part of the show, you're now you're not part of the show, not listening to it. Yes. There's a big difference. I can't just say good point and move on yes. because it's, I thought it was a great explanation. Yeah. And and you know, may, you can't say that every day, but I thought it was. He's like, no, the audience is great, but the callers are part of the show. They're yes. the, they're the way I treat dog. You know, there's, like there's a difference between sitting yeah. uh, second row to watch Mike Tyson fight yeah. and being in the ring yes. against Mike Tyson. But there is something that just like when you're not in these coasts, you're like that energy. Yeah, and you're like uh, you're too slow because they don't do that in California <laughs> sports radio. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing. The other thing I remember in, in 2009, Francesca asking you, and, and like, again, just like something stick, yeah. uh, you know, is this a tough World Series for you? Because it was Phillies yeah. and Yankees. And as me, a kid, I, like listening to the whole time, I'm like, oh, no. He grew up a Phillies fan. We just never think about and you that. Never, it was like you probably never knew or even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why would ne you care? Never right? knew. Yeah, just knew you covered the Yankees. But when did that fandom fade? Because as you become neutral, it has mm -hmm. to naturally somewhat yeah. fade. I think, I mean, pretty easily um, and pretty early because 2001, I get, I'm getting thrown into the three-time World yeah. Series champion, right? The Yankees are like monster and they've got all these great star players. My job now is to know the Yankees yeah. inside and out and do everything I can to know the Yankees. And every night I'm now at a Yankees game or if it's like, if I'm, if I've taken a day off, I'm like, cause of travel or whatever, I'm still watching a Yankees game. Um, I'm not watching the Phillies. I'm not, yeah. and it's different. I mean, this is probably hard to understand because this is 20 years ago, but like, I, I don't have a package on my phone yeah. where I can still watch Phillies games Just intently. Box scores. Yeah. And even then, like it also helped that they were terrible then, right? Yeah. Like this was, um, I think Larry Boa just taken over for Terry Francona and he had, he had a good year or two there, but I mean, they weren't a great team then. So it's kind of easy to just kind of shuffle that off. But my job was to know the Yankees and watch the Yankees. I wasn't watching the Phillies every night. So I said to people, I was like, how can you really truly be a fan of something that you don't ever watch? Yeah. Of a team you don't ever watch. So it kind of slips away and like it comes back in pockets, right? Like in 2008, the Yankees missed the playoffs and the Phillies go on a run into the World Series. And I got to go to all those games. So I went, I sat in the stands yeah. with friends of mine from college and high school. But I remember the last out was made of the 08 World Series. And I'm, I'm kind of excited, but I'm looking around at all the people around me, the thousand, and they are way Man. more excited than I am. I'm like, like, yeah, this left me, bro. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. Is that tough at all? They are. Is that tough, like, to know, like, as a little kid, like, what that, like, no, because obviously you're living your it. dream, so it's a good trade-off. Yeah, I'm still there, like, yeah. like, like, what I enjoy now, and, like, I kind of <laughs> lived it this past year, too, because the Phillies make a run to the World Series, and, like, I know Rob Thompson, like, people I know, Rob Thompson yeah. and Kevin Long and, yeah. you know, David Robertson, guys who I've known through my time covering the Yankees, like, I'm rooting for people that I know, yes. yeah. right? So, uh, I got, and they're still wearing that uniform, and yeah. that brings back some memories, but. Yeah, for us. We present ourselves as biased fans. We don't yeah. have to toe yeah. the line of a third party yeah. uh, journalist that's sure. like covering honestly. So I'm hoping that allows us to never lose that yeah, living I, and, and dying fan. Because the basis of what you do is still sitting at home watching the game, right? Yeah. You're sitting in your office watching yeah. the game, or you know, and yeah, we're not in the clubhouse. I never want to yes. be in the clubhouse. Yeah, like that's we what I'm we saying. could get credentials, yeah. And I think Jake would enjoy it, and he wants yeah. to interview some players. But I'm like, no, no, I never, I never want to. I don't. Yeah, unless you turned it into the Chris Farley show, right? Like that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Like, yeah, you remember maybe, when you hit maybe that home like, run? You know, not during awesome. the season, yeah. but I don't know. I just I want to be a fan. I want to be able to like get angry, yeah. and, and be happy and absolutely. All that. And that's just not the place that I like. My job description yeah. is right. Yeah, but it's cool. Like like I grew up as a besides you know, like growing up watching the Phillies, I grew up loving baseball and baseball yes. history. Yeah. And listen, if you, if you study baseball history, you've studied the Yankees. Like, like I had a poster of Mickey Mantle on my wall when I was in like eighth grade. Who, who does that? Right. Well, yeah. And, and one time this past year, maybe it was last year, I was listening to your post game report. And I remember talking to Jake, uh, afterwards and being like, man, covering a team's, kind of odd because you're a fan, but you're not a fan because you were doing this whole, 
Well, they got Cole coming up, but they could skip his start to save him for Boston. So the rotation is now Cole and Nestor for Boston. And I'm like, that's a fan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know There's what I mean? Of that. That's what yeah, I'm doing sure. in my head. And like, well, but I'm on talking my, to fans. I know you're yeah. servicing the fan, yeah. but it's so funny because I was like, I can't imagine doing that for like the Rays. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? right, like, I can't right. imagine getting in that brain, but you're doing it. So I commend you for being able to do it, but also right. it's, and you're a great conduit for every fan listening, understanding Thank it. Thank you. But I was telling Jake, like, you know, Sweeney didn't grow up a Yankees what? fan, no, and he's like, but it's, in you're it, in dude. it. And yeah. Like, like I, I, wanna, I know who I'm talking to, and I've done it long enough where, listen, you still root for people, right? Yeah. Like, like there are people that you know, and like like Joe Girardi took over as Yankees manager, and, and I'd gotten to know him as a, as a coach. I didn't cover him as a player, but I got to know him as a coach. So, like, as soon as he takes like, I know him, and I got to know him. And Aaron Boone, I knew, was a player. And yeah. so, like, these people, like, you're – you're not rooting for the team and they're not above criticism. It's just that I think you have to take a little bit of a, uh, like a human element to what you're doing and know who you're talking to. I still enjoy going to the game and presenting baseball, presenting it the way that we do because I, I, th- th- what's happening in the game is fun for me. It doesn't have to be, this is the team I rooted for, but you're right. It would be hard to do it if I'm watching the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, yeah. Right. But so many people care about the Yankees. They're always relevant. They have big stars. Yeah. It's always interesting in some form or fashion. Yeah. That's what excites me, not that this is the team I was rooting yeah. for. And, you know, talking to a lot of people on the beat over the last couple of years, it is a better atmosphere when the team is winning. winning. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like always. when they're, you know, you're just in that room. Yes. Imagine, imagine, you'd have to be, uh, what's the German word, the Schrudenfreud or whatever. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. To like yeah, to be smiling, and that's not going to help you do your job because now you're never. We were talking getting about insight. pronouncing things right. Like yeah. I was like, I say that I've, I've it, said yeah. that word wrong on yes. purpose so many times that yeah. I don't know what's uh-huh. real anymore. <laughs> yeah, low but, and brown yeah. or something. Uh, I um no, I I agree. It's always better when they're winning. You're always you know people. Are Stories more are better. Be the insights are yeah. better. You get people to talk to you. I mean, honestly, I've. You weren't alive. You're barely alive. Last time Yankees had a losing season, right? Yeah. Uh, most people that I talk to can't even remember. So I think it's kind of funny sometimes when we treat like 91 win teams as 100 loss teams. Yes, but that is the brand they sell. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. That's what, as a kid, mm-hmm. I bought and I, why I'm here is we the championship or World Series are yes. bust. So that was tough for me when they were trying to get mad at fans. Even, That's though, even they though they won sell. 92 games, because that I was like, well, you you sell yes. you, you can't sell me this is a plate that never breaks, and I buy it, and then it's got a chip in it, and I'm like, hey, this has got a chip, and they're like, it's just a tiny chip. Yeah. 99% of the plate's good. I'm like, right. you told me it would never chip. That's <laughs> can, what you sold me. Can I tell you, but if part of it is also what baseball has created, and I've said for years that I want to hashtag fall frenzy and copyright it, but they've created the NCAA tournament. All these extra rounds of playoffs yeah. now, it's the tournament. So, like... Duke and North Carolina are one seeds every year, right? Kentucky's a one seed, but they don't win every year. And that's what it's hard to get used to, but that's what baseball's created. Yes. But you get get the Astros and the AL who are in the championship. They're on a run. They're on the, yes. And the Dodgers are on this run. So teams have done it. At some point that falls away. Hopefully. All right, about the, this Yankees team, we've had kind of a Yankees offseason of the past where yeah. what the fans have wanted, they've gotten Half so Half a far. billion dollars on two players? Yeah. yeah. Well, one player, you know, he, he you needed him. You couldn't yeah. lose him. Yes. Rodon makes them much better. There's more moves to be made. The rumors, this is coming out way afterwards, uh, but the rumors that today are just all this scuttlebutt about Glaber Torres being traded. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that because Jake and I haven't even talked about this at this point. I, I don't see how you can trade him with... DJ almost sure. needing surgery. And you don't know health wise. Yeah. You're putting and, yourself in a spot. And with Glaber being even with a horrendous month, he was what the fourth in, in war or something. Maybe I'm not the biggest war guy, but I know he was a top second baseman. Mm-hmm. Do you think Glaber is like, do you think there's any merit? Are these just rumors? Cause a lot of Yankees don't have rumors. I think I get asked on, on our station all the time by Brandon Tierney. He asked me about, um, Donaldson and and Hicks and Torres, okay? Like, these three guys. And I keep telling them, I said, boy, like, best case is two of those three are gone. Best yeah. case, probably. And, and maybe not any of them, right? I think what you're looking at with Torres is he's in the exact same situation almost to me as Gary Sanchez was. Because Gary Sanchez was a year away from free agency, and you had to kind of decide, okay, 
are you going to sign him? And, and you knew the answer was no. You weren't yeah. going to sign him and, and keep him here long. So what were your options at that point? Let him play out? Or is there a way to move him to do something and get better somehow? And you saw what the, you know, what the fallout of that was. You know, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa. You're happy about it at the time. As the season wore on, you saw what happened there. Donaldson, okay, yeah. it was palatable at the time. But he, you know, he looked old and had a bad season, okay? Yeah. So things... That's the kind of deal, if you're going to trade Glaber Torres, it's going to come with a little bit of a roll of the dice. And you might have to live with the fact that Glaber Torres might have a really good year where he's going because he knows how much money he can make as a free agent. Yes. I, I think you're... I, I would keep Glaber around and just lose him in free agency if you can. I, there's this, like, well, trade him before you lose him for nothing. But, man, the Yankees have traded for prospects one year, 2016. Yeah. Like, they trade... Glaber, that was a great one. Yeah, that was him, yeah. But the other packages turned into be nothing. And that's a lot. It happens a lot. And well, Yeah, that's my whole... I'm on a yeah. big kick right now that trading for prospects isn't... Just if you have a guy that's going to give you value and you're yeah. trying to win, just keep him around. And, but at some point, you have to keep some some of your prospects yeah. because you do have to kind of filter that yes. in a little bit. And, like, it's a fine line because, like, you want to get some other team's great player. You got to trade your prospects to get them. But as injuries happen or as players get older, you got guys sign a long-term deals. Yeah. You need some younger blood. So you kind of have to toe that line, and the Yankees are not. I was talking to some. Uh, I was talking to uh, Tiki and Tierney last week about uh, Oswald Peraza. Like, you have to be prepared for like, what if he's hitting 180 in May? Yeah. Okay. You have to be prepared to let this ride if he's your starting shortstop. Now it's easier to do if you're you know five games in front. And it's the one position. Like if it, if yeah. you can't have. Like, if you trade Glaber and DJ needs a surgery or is injured, well, now you're riding out both Oswald yeah. and Oswaldo. And I, right. you, you can't ride two of them with what you're trying to build right here. It's hard to rely. Listen, I think this is a lesson. It's it's not equivalent because position players and pitchers are different. But let's remember that the Yankees made a choice. Um, Johan Santana was available. He got traded to the Mets. They chose to not give up a barrel full of prospects because, one, CC Sabathia was going to be a free agent at the end of the, uh, the, the next season. They could just throw money at him. But you had all the promise of Phil Hughes, Jabba Chamberlain, Ian Kennedy. Okay? I, don't think, you know, I don't think they won a game. I don't think they had a win. The pitcher wins or whatever, but I don't think they had a win that season because different things happen, injuries happen, yeah. and this and that. It's hard to rely on so many young players yeah. and ask them to carry you really hard i mean but it's fun to rely on one and let, yes, and let yes. him let him be in the back and shine yeah. i hope they do with that that with peraza and i think as waldo needs to be able to float around and play all the positions and don't get discouraged if he goes back to triple a for a little bit or so one of these like bouncing back it's not it's not a straight path up even yeah. for some of the best players it's not a straight path up it's true and they had their wave of prospects that they hung on to and they got service out of them and and even the ones that are successes, Yankee fans will think are, and baseball fans will think are bust because you judge them against the best of like the best. Brett but Gardner like, is a terrific. Even Glaber's added yeah. value. Oh yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, Gary added for two years yes. value, and then they got whatever happened with Gary, yeah. and he's out now, and now no one even talks about him. He's a free agent. Well, it's crazy. Like, but there's luck involved too. I remember an interview I did with Stick Michael, um, I probably 2015 or 2016. And he was talking to me about how, you know, we give him all the credit for, you know, holding on to Jeter and Mariano and Passat, you know, core four, Bernie, all those guys were his guys and they kept him and they helped lead the Yankees championships. He's the first one to admit that there was the one part they got lucky with is that they all stayed healthy. They yeah. all stayed healthy. That is true. I mean, yeah. look at how many, like they all played game like year after year. No, I mean, until later in their career, they didn't have any major injuries. Was there anyone that was part of that crew that, would have gotten the chance that got hurt. That got hurt. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are. I mean, listen, you sure. know, like in, in I, I was like even young. just calling like Brian Taylor as a prospect. You yeah. know, what I mean, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He never got. The, but even somebody like um, who was the third baseman, top prospect, um, Eric. Oh, uh, yeah, Duncan, Eric Duncan, Eric Duncan. You know, Eric Duncan got moved up probably a little, little too fast and because uh, he, he won um, MVP of the Fall League one year. And look, they just I think they just pushed him a little too hard Fall after Fall League that. is starting to scare me, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, the way the Yankees have... Who'd they send this year? They sent the Martian? They sent Jesus? Yeah. Or, or Jace, yeah. Jason? Yep. Mm -hmm. And he, his numbers didn't look great, but they propped him up as having, like, you know, great 
you know, tools and all on those future star teams. They sent she- Justice Sheffield one year. They yeah. sent. Uh, they send a couple guys yeah. and I get really excited because I'm like, oh, bigger stage. Davey, I think, yeah. went. And then I'm like, then they haven't. You know, here's out. the problem now. Like, the, uh, Dominguez is a great example. Even Glaber Torres. You hear about a prospect so early now that it becomes as as much of a household name as the players that are on the big team. I know. I, I really dislike it. I, yeah. I talk about this a lot. When, like, when I found out about Robinson Cano was when... Robinson Cano got, got called, called up. up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When I found out about Melky Cabrera was when he got called up the first in 05 yeah, or whatever, uh-huh. did like 10 games, was yeah. not great, yeah. and then went back down. Yeah. You know, and that was a bit more fun. To be honest, Absolutely. like there's some fun, but it puts so much pressure on the kids. Like I feel bad for these kids, especially the ones that the Yankees hype up themselves like so much yeah. and all yeah. these pitchers. And, then, and every team has to do it. Yeah, because you want to trade them, but I do... I do feel it's a little more blissful of like, oh, who's this kid? Yeah, Let's see absolutely. what he's got. Instead of like when you knew like maybe one of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like like Ruben Rivera's on the cover of of Baseball America is the next Mickey Mantle, the next great prospect, right? He's the one that like of all the players in the mid nineties the Yankees had in their minor league system, Ruben Rivera is not the one that you'd you'd tout, but this is the guy that was there, right? And um I just think that there are so many players like that now. The second a kid, a 16-year-old kid signs for $3 million out of Venezuela, we know his name. We said, all right, well, when's he going to play in Yankee Stadium? Like, in seven years, bro. He's yeah. 16. Well, that's what we used to do in The Martian on this show. We'd be yeah. like, oh, we're not talking about him until he's 18. Yeah. We're just yeah. not even going to mention his name. Yeah. he's too young. And, and even just, the, like, the adjustment factor. Of, like, I've heard, like, Carlos Beltran would tell me stories about, you know, he didn't, he didn't know enough English. Like now, like I've heard great stories. Like Everson Pereira is like one of my favorite prospects to follow in the systems. I just love like seeing some of his numbers and he was so young. But I asked him, like Carlos Beltran told me a story about how he would just go to McDonald's. Like they'd point to a menu, uh, to a menu item because they, they didn't know oh, yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. And they would, they would just know to point to number four or they'd, they'd go eat the same thing all the time yeah. because they were embarrassed yeah. of their lack of, of English. Tough. Everson Pereira tells me now like, on his phone, like you can, you know, you can use translate on your phone and it makes existence so much easier. But it's still, there's an embarrassment factor. You're taking kids from their homes and like now all they do is, play baseball and try to try to live up to these expectations and dreams. It's not easy for some of these guys. I have no idea how true this is, but we heard that the, part of the reason the Yankees moved all their minor minor league teams north is so they can get used to playing the cold. And that Oswaldo Oswald Peraza was like that's like he was that's why his April was so bad as we heard he was like I was cold, man. I'm not used to it. He was freezing. And think yeah. about it this way. And I don't know if that's the exact reason, but it's I mean, sure gonna a, help. a lot of it is bring guys closer together but think about this way for a kid like Peraza, okay um you when you're playing all your low minor league stuff you're playing in all the warm weather spots 2020 there's no uh minor league at all so you're staying in your complex stuff 2021 spring training started late right um you had uh and the minor league season didn't start until may yeah so by the time you move north it's all nice weather April of 2022, you're sitting there and there's, you're getting snowed out for yeah. the first time yeah, ever. Yeah, not only is it he's playing baseball in the cold for the first time, he's in the cold for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Well, hopefully that helps them come big league time in April, May, even if it's a, just a nice side effect of the transition. It's, it's just something to read into the fact when you see a guy, you know, and anybody, like just start your first 100 at bats, even in good weather, might suck. Yeah. Right? Think about a kid who's away from home and has never been in this environment before, and it's like it's colder than he's ever been in his life. People don't know how to dress for the cold. My wife oh, from yeah. California, when we moved to the city, we we're walking around late November. It was like you know thirty eight degrees, and she her ankles were exposed. And I was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. We're, we were going to show, and, and she was like, "I'm fine." I'm like, "You're not fine." Like. We were walking around. I said, do you see anyone else? Like, <laughs> you have to dress for the weather. They, but she didn't have any clothes. She was like, I don't have any long, high socks. It's a tough thing. October baseball. I get September and October. I get all layered up, right? And I'm on the field for batting practice. And, like, um, there was a picture of me and Nick Swisher um, before one of the playoff games that I posted because he, I did a, a thing with him on the field. And he's wearing a T-shirt, and I'm wearing, like, four layers. Think you got to remember, like, I come to the stadium – it's, you know, two, three o'clock and it's still warm out. Okay. But I know at nine o'clock, long after the sun's gone down, I'm going to be cold. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and I don't like, I'm not one of these players who has like endless stuff yeah, of things to closet. put on in my yeah. locker. Like I just got to come dressed to go to work. That's all. 
It does get cold. All right. Well, I've taken up a lot of your time. No, I good. appreciate you hanging out. I could keep Thanks talking. I on. enjoy it. Um, so thank you very I'll do much. It again yeah, we'll sure. we'll see you around the stadium and and again, we're close now. Now you know your way. That's it. We're yeah. here. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And that conversation was brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So go to the NFL, uh, go to DraftKings Sportsbook, and new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code JOMBOY. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOMBOY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. She See show notes for details. BBD, did you go watch the Mike and the Mad Dog Jeffrey Mayer uh, YouTube video? I actually haven't yet. Damn. I showed Jake. But I thought about it. I showed Jake and Zach the beginning. Me and Sweeney were talking about that, about how radio back then just used to be you could just it would just no came rules. and went. I mean, yeah. they open up. People didn't record it. They Mad Dog opens up and he's like, "It's Kent thinks he's a hero." <laughs> <laughs> and dogs like, dogs like, "Come on, wait a second, wait a second, wait, come on now, come on now, dog. He's twelve years old. It's wild. It's intense. It's awesome. It's intense. Yeah, it's where we're trying to get to for twenty twenty three. I can't even imagine doing that. Wow, you have to like, you have to get like crazy hyped up. Like, I'd have to actually get, like, slapped across the face, like, right before we'd start an episode of Talking Ass to get, like, bigger, And to do it for, like, six hours. I win to win! Oh, no such thing as a Tanner win, dog! Well, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone, and and Happy Hanukkah, and Happy happy New Year. And next episode is a pre-recorded interview with... Nick Swisher. Nick Swisher. If there's any breaking news, you know we'll hop on. That big trade, that big, oh my God. Cashman. Hope was tweeting about Tatis again today. I could see Cashman doing a, I could see him doing a Christmas Day move. Getting back on the radar with that. I think he, well, Christmas I think gift they for think it fans. as a win to, we don't work. It's like a, mm. and the player's like, oh, I respect that. Giving your employees off on Christmas. Ow. Ow. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting BetterHelp.com Yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com Yanks.